Yeah, Film Vault. The Film Vault. We are not really the Film Vault. We don't know what the name is yet, but welcome to what we are technically calling Talking the Film Vault, or um, what else might we call it? We might call it the Film Vault Chapter 2, the Film Vault, the sequel. We have no idea. No names yet. Maybe I will insert a name later, but I am here with an incredible incredibly special guest you may know her as miss movies 3.0 but apparently we aren't allowed to call her that for some reason peep there's been some ruffling of feathers but i am here with the one and only florence bremer hi florence hi mitch how are you i am great uh i am recovering from a cold um it was like it's been three weeks so i'll just say to the listeners uh apologies if i uh you know if i sound kind of crappy but i will hopefully get there and i should bring up my notes that i have because i have questions for you as you being miss movies 3.0 i have questions sure i can hopefully provide answers oh i need i have burning questions i've <laughs> never met anderson or Brian, and you have met both. Yes. How are they as people? Let's just start with that. It's like when you want to know how an actress like is like, like behind closed doors, are they really nice? They're really nice. They are exactly <laughs> as they appear on the show. There's not a different persona to them. They're just great. I, you know, they've been so kind to me. And I've been so grateful for that. They've invited me in, like I, I've been invited into Brian's home and recorded. Yeah. With them. Um, I, I ran into Brian very weirdly. I ran into him in January at Disneyland and oh, like yeah. the craziest thing ever, you know, cause I live in Arizona. Yeah. So what am I doing at Disneyland? It's like my once a year trip or once every other year trip. And there he is, you know, and we took pictures together and we texted them to Anderson. And then the funny thing was on my way, like I was flying back to Arizona and I get a text from Anderson that Brian has COVID. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I remember all that. Yeah. Right. And now we're dealing. I don't know when this episode will come out. I think we're hoping for like, I'm going to bank them and hoping for a huh. January release. Um. But so, and right now they're dealing obviously with Brian's sickness. Um, I know. Last I heard he's recovering. I emailed Anderson, but he's on vacation. I emailed Brian and I got a, um, you know, a thanks pal back. You know, I didn't want to obviously bug him, but yeah. Yeah, I felt um, the same way. I haven't reached out to Brian because I'm like, he's got too much on his plate. Anderson yeah. is just the nicest person in the world and <laughs> has is. been so good to me. Um, and you know, we'll chat by text sometimes email. I'll just send mm. him random thoughts about a movie. Me and too. He always responds <laughs> and he's super busy. Like he's got a life and yeah. he's just always yeah. so great. Like they are as great <laughs> as you can imagine. I mean, I'm going to say, I obviously knew that, because like I have both their numbers, they've been so good to me and so nice to me, and uh, I love them both. Um, and I've texted, I've texted Anderson random things, just on a whim. Um, 
I can't remember what it was the one time, but I always get a funny response back. Um, And one of your things kind of leads me into my next question is when you are doing your Miss Movie duties, um, like how long travel time? I'm Canadian. I don't really get the states. I know they're in Los Angeles. You're in Arizona. What's the travel time like when you do go to Brian's house? It is an hour flight to I sometimes I'll fly into LAX if I do the show. Um last time I flew wow. into Burbank because I was at Halloween Horror Nights in uh Universal. Okay. So it was easier to do Burbank. So the flight's an hour and then um Brian is very close to LAX, like maybe 30 minutes ish. Okay. And um I've stayed sort of he's sort of by UCLA and I've like stayed in that area. Yeah. And um can we get his exact address on air? <laughs> um so okay i didn't realize you flew there so i'm i'm a green canadian i i i'm dumb like you know i'm i'm can be dumb but um so oh man i have it on top of my head so you basically when you know you're going to the area you're like hey guys i'm gonna be in the area do you want me to do some segments Mm-hmm. Or yes. do you fly in specifically for the show? Uh, both, actually. Um, so the first time that I went, um, the, a bit of history was I won an auction for Laughs with Bald O'Brien, where you could oh, bid yeah. on being a co-host for the Film Vault. And I was on my phone, like, bidding like crazy, like, to the very last minute. And I luckily won the bid. So um, it was mm-hmm. a donation to, um can't remember if it was fuck cancer or what it was, but one of the cancer chairs. Yeah. And um, then, so I flew out, I flew out <laughs> February, 2020. Okay. Feb, like mm-hmm. around oh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to Brian, um, there was someone on the plane coughing like crazy. I probably have COVID. And that was a month before the shutdowns. This and that was a joke because there yeah. was COVID stuff. Everyone at that time, yes, was... exactly, right, exactly. It was in China. It wasn't hitting us, you know. It, it oh. was jokey, jokey, and we laughed about it. Yes, exactly. And that to me was always kind of my like line in the sand for like travel and good times <laughs> because. Mm. Three or four weeks later, that's when all the COVID shutdowns happened. And so I stayed in touch with the guys. And um, while um, there was COVID and the and the guys weren't together, I did a couple of red light, green lights, I think, virtually. And then when we could get back together, um, I flew out. And I flew out in June, actually, for the Corolla um, family barbecue, not Adam. Oh, yeah. Family, family, but his fan family. Anderson didn't go to that, right? He did not go to it. Mm-mm. Okay, yes. Yeah. Brian was there and I saw Brian. And then the next day I was at Brian's house and we recorded a show. And then this Halloween, I usually go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. And because everyone knows I love horror. <laughs> and um, I really? called Anderson. <laughs> really? Is that true, Florence? Um, I <laughs> called Anderson and I said, I'll be out in October and does it work? And one of the um, weeks he was potentially traveling and it was 
Atticus's birthday. So that one didn't work. And so it worked the week of Halloween that um, Sunday, Monday before. And I recorded them with them on Monday. And that was um, female horror characters. So yeah, that's how it works. I either go or we do virtual. I just did a virtual with Anderson a week or two ago to kind of fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. Brian's gone. Yeah, I think that might be the one. Excuse me. I think that might be the one we get this week um tomorrow as we speak but again we don't know when this episode's going to air mm-hmm. um that's so interesting i completely forgot that you were the one that won the last rebel mm-hmm. brian essentially creating miss movies 3.0 um wow, i know brian has a problem with miss movies 3.0 i think and i said I go, well, call me something different. I said, I don't yeah. want to step on Brianne's toes. I don't want to step on Diana's toes. They're the OGs yeah. to all this. And um, I I signed my cards to my nieces and nephews, Aunt Florence, like Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you can call me that. Or um, one time the guys, they were talking about me on the show and they called me Grandma Horror because I'm a grandmother. <laughs> oh, my God. I always laughed about that. You've called me horror queen. I would take that one too. I do. I do. I always ask. I beg on my knees to be your horror king because I am <laughs> oh, obsessed you are. with. Oh, thanks, thanks, my love. I am obsessed with horror. I um, I'm working on a list of my top horror of 2022. So, um, what would maybe top the list of your top? Like what would be on the top for horror this year of t- or 2022? Sure. Bodies, bodies, bodies. I really enjoyed like Me too. slasher and a ton of fun and mm-hmm. a, an ending that put the biggest smile on my face ever. Me too. Me X too. and Pearl, of course. I mean, companion films, those were wonderful. I even enjoyed Smile quite a bit. Me, it was oh, a yeah. derivative, but I thought the scares were great. And I thought Sosie Bacon like really oh. leaned into her part. Like, so I had a she really good time with that movie. I think she could have been nominated for an Oscar. Like her her performance was great. I hope we see her a lot more. I know. I had, never, great. I had never seen her in a movie before. Me neither. And the whole time I kept thinking, she's familiar looking, but it was just because yeah. she's so much like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that her daughter? Yeah. It's Kevin Bacon and Kara Sedgwick's daughter. No flipping mm-hmm. way. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, okay. It's crazy how many like kids of stars are coming out of the woodwork right now. Like um uh Ethan Hawke's daughters on Stranger Things right. and um Philip Seymour uh, Hoffman's David... son in um Licorice Pizza, <clears throat> I thought was excellent. Yes, yes, and um Denzel's son, isn't he is oh. that isn't that John David Washington or gosh, that one I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little racist, but I thought it was John David Washington. I thought that was Denzel's son. Anyways. Maybe. So... <laughs> Michael Gandolfini, what? James Gandolfini's son. He is someone I've yes. really enjoyed. Exactly. And and you know what? If if it's like like Anderson says, if it's nepotism that works, perfect. Sure. Um, exactly. Yeah. So the uh two more questions. Mm-hmm. Actually, three more questions, if you don't mind. 
course. don't know how long I have you for. You have me for as I, long I, as you like. I told my family okay. that I'm doing something very important. So give me some time. Oh, thank you. Um, so just the one question I wanted to ask, and I don't know, this is probably a stupid question, but give us a behind the scenes look on how you make your red light, green lights, like how you go about it, your research. Sure. Um, so I'm always reading and sometimes I'll just come across an article um, and, and and I still mm-hmm. read the I still read the paper magazines. I still love them. It, one of my saddest mm-hmm. things is that Entertainment Weekly isn't a print publication anymore. I read that from the day that it went into print. Me too. Yeah, well, not into print, but I I had just subscribed a couple years before they ended it, and I was like so frustrated because I love having I love getting the ones of movies you love and then you keep them right. Like I yes. love this movie; it's on the cover. I'm going to keep this, mm-hmm. but. Oh, wow. I subscribed from the issue number one in the 90s and wow. with it, I think 25 years, it was forever. Um, so if I find an article of an interesting movie that someone's doing, I'll um, clip it out and and put it to the side. Otherwise, I go on IMDb and I also do just general Google searches of movies in production and pre-production. Yep. And then what I have been doing, which I think everybody knows who listens, I'll come up with a fake movie, which yes. is my own creation. <laughs> I, I I will admit to you, hated it at first. I was like, what is this? Love it now. I absolutely <laughs> adore it. Because now it's fun for us as the listener to be like, okay, wait, this might be the fake one. Uh-huh. And then... And then sometimes I've like guessed and I'm like, no, this is, this is definitely too real. And I usually get it right. Oh, it, it is a lot of fun. At first I was like, well, you know, and I'm so happy you've put your own spin on it. So that is amazing. I appreciate that. Oh, that's cool. Um, And then I think you've probably covered it on the film vault, but what are your like five top favorite movies? Ever, ever. Oh gosh. That's hard. Just a a couple. Yeah. Goodfellas is one of my all-time favorites. Um, The Ring, the original Mm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, The Godfather, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Those are some of my favorites. Some Like It Hot, one of my all-time favorites. And I was going to say, well, like, I was about to say, well, what's your guilty pleasure? But that is our topic today. It is. Um, I'll keep those as, as a surprise. Exactly. Me too. Um, so the one last question, what have you seen recently and what did you think about it? I saw the menu on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, yeah. And your thoughts? I really liked it. I had <laughs> no notion really of what it was about. The me neither. only thing that I saw was a photograph of Ray Fiennes as a chef standing next to Anna Taylor-Joy. That's <laughs> all I knew. And I knew like semi-horror thriller, like that's all. Mm -hmm. But um, it was, I cooked all day Thanksgiving. I had 30 people at my house. And then I looked at my oldest daughter afterwards after cleanup. And I said, why don't we go to the movies? And it was the the most relaxed I felt all day. And so I really, really leaned into this movie because I was just like in such a good place in my heart too. (laughs) I really liked it. It had a lot of surprises at the end, had a ton of comedy Mm -hmm. and then saw Mm -hmm. that it was an Adam McKay produced movie. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
said Will Ferrell too, which I didn't think they were teamed up on anything more, but maybe that was a movie that was filmed quite some time. Maybe ago. it was they did it separately because yeah, I've heard they're not they they're butting heads right now. Um yeah. yeah, no, I really loved it as well. What did you no spoilers, but what did you think about the ending? Oh, I loved it. I, okay, cool. Like I was kind of delighted by mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And um mm, I'll just say this recently in my life, we've had a lot of jokes about marshmallows. (laughs) So when there was a marshmallow theme at the end, like it really, really cracked us up. That was kind of my own personal spin on it, but I thought it was um, clever in a silly way. Mm -hmm. And it did kind of like, it went from like, like the most tense thriller and then like, just went into like broad comedy in a way yeah. and, and I liked it. It was unexpected. It's, okay. Tooth. And then uh, I, I could talk about the menu forever with you, but it's nice to actually have someone to talk to who's seen it. Two things. How great were the film's critics played by like Janet McTeer and Paul Adelstein? Oh, like, I loved it. I had missed her since Ozark and I was happy to see her in something else. Oh, so I'm guessing like, She's not on Ozark anymore. I've never seen it, just but that, just that Ozark's over. So that's well, oh okay. Yeah, Ozark's over. So <laughs> I got you. I I haven't I haven't watched a single episode, but I'm not a huge TV guy. A lot like Brian, so um, I don't watch a lot unless it has Marvel in the title, which that's my nerdy side. Uh-huh. Um, and then so. Did the one more thing about the menu? Sure. Did the did the why of it all bother you? Like no. Why? No. Okay. It it bothers my friend because he is like, there should have been more. I don't, he's like, I didn't understand why they were doing everything. And that final scene, I'm not gonna say anymore, but with Anya Taylor Joy, Anya Taylor Joy, where I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not even going to strive it. But that whole sequence, I will think about that for the rest of my life. And just, and I have an idea of what it all meant and everything. And I just, I loved it. I loved I it. I did too. I thought it was, um, it made sense to me how Rafe Fines reacted towards her at that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought was perfectly acceptable like i had no problem almost heartwarming yeah exactly exactly um and it went yeah. back to that this doesn't spoil anything but when she saw the kiss the cook picture and he was beaming it was a picture from like when yes. he was in his 20s and he just had that apron on and and the burger yeah right exactly yeah. and that was his joy we might be getting into spoiler taylor I know. territory but whatever <laughs> i Fast forward 10 seconds. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We say after to tell them to fast forward 10 (laughs) seconds. Oh, my God. We are the worst versions of Anderson and Brian. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We're trying. (laughs) Okay. So, um... Did I rush through that? I I, I am new to hosting, but... um, I think you're doing a great job. uh, I'm having a great time. Thank you. Okay, I'm having a great time. It's like when you have dinner guests over and uh and and they and you're not sure if it's going well. Oh no, we're having a great time. Thank you. <laughs> so, um we are going to do it exactly the way 
Anderson and Brian do it. We sure. are going to get into our top five this week with my wonderful special guest, Florence Bremer. I'm saying it right, Bremer? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. So, we are going to do my, our guilty pleasures. I always let my guest, she gets to, they get they get to pick a topic that Brian and Anderson have done in the past. Any topic they've done, we are unearthing it and doing it ourselves just for fun and uh, maybe get a different opinion on their list. I don't have their lists yet, but um, I'm going to start including them as like at the end saying this, excuse me, this is what their list was like back then. So who wants to go first? I'll let my guests go first. Uh, Number five. Thank you. Oh, oh, wait. Sure. How how did you, I know it's probably an easy answer, but how did you go about your list? It was really just pulling movies from my heart. (laughs) This one was an easy one. It wasn't one. It was an easy one. Yeah, like where, um, I think one of the topics I did for um, Anderson and Brian that was my own topic was um, movies where a scene would be considered an assault today. I actually kind of did a lot of research on that. I pulled them from my memory, but then went back and like really watched the scenes again to see if it was. Um, as I remembered. Um, so yeah. for this one, I remembered when the guys did the show, my mind was racing with my guilty pleasure movies. Mm-hmm. And a guilty pleasure to me is a movie that if you're flipping channels, which I don't have cable anymore, so I don't kind of I don't know why I'm kind of using this example, but if I'm, I know, but we all do. Yeah. If I'm flipping channels and I see it, I will put it on that movie. Or if I walk into the room and my daughters are watching it, I'm going to sit down and probably watch at least half an hour of it. It's going to pull me out of whatever I'm doing. And that to me is a guilty pleasure. I already know one on your list. You do? I do. Yep. I 100% do. Um, I'm going to write it in my phone. Okay. At the end... At the end, end, oh my God, can I not say the word end? At the end, I will show you, okay? Okay. All right, I'm doing it right now. Done. Okay. All right. Well, this is a fun little surprise. (laughs) Yes. So um, on the internet, guilty pleasure is described as something such as a movie, television program, or piece of music that one enjoys despite feeling that it is not generally held in high regard. Yes. So that's kind of how I want (laughs) to... Yeah, (laughs) me too. So I have a long list of also rans, obviously. Oh, me too. (laughs) And the one thing I was going to say when you were talking about the top five things that would be regarded as sexual assault today mm-hmm. i was watching um coal miner's daughter last night have you ever seen that yes i have i saw it at the movie Racing. that's how old i am <laughs> 1980 so like you must have been been a newborn oh uh, i was like eight <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's a pretty there's a rape scene like a pretty um that was probably not considered a rape scene back then. It's with kind of maybe, right? 
Yes. Okay. Right. So back then it might have been like, so it's it's um Loretta Lynn and Tommy Lee Jones character, mm-hmm. and um yeah they get married and the wedding night he basically forces himself upon on her, and I was like I immediately thought of you. That sounds mm-hmm. wrong, but I immediately <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> I I'm immediately thought of that topic. Yeah. Okay. So your number, your top, uh, your fifth guilty pleasure. Sure. My number five is High School Musical. It's a 2000 American (laughs) musical television film um, from Disney. And it stars Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, Ashley Tisdale, Lucas Grable, Mm -hmm. directed by Kenny Ortega. And... These songs to me are on point. I in the songs Breaking Free, Stick to the Status Quo, Get Your Head in the Game, I'm Start Breaking Free. New. I mean, how can you not love these songs? We're all in this together. I'm sort of <laughs> We're embarrassed. All in this. <laughs> See? I'm sort of embarrassed to say, like embarrassed, not embarrassed, that there have yeah. been parties at my house recently where there has been <laughs> a lot of singing and dancing. To the high school musical songs. So high school musicals no. number five. Good for you. And I don't want to I don't want to date you, but those were coming out when I was in like my early teens. And mm-hmm. um and my my brothers were into them, not really, but they were like I have all brothers, so they were kind of watching them and into them. And uh yeah, I they're they're entertaining. Mm-hmm. And the music is good. I mean, you can't, if the songs are catchy and good, you can't dismiss them. And if they hit you at the right time in life, then. Exactly. Yeah. And I was way old. I mean, I was probably my thirties, <laughs> but my kids were watching it. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm like <laughs> sitting there watching it and, and singing and dancing. Like, I don't, it's a movie that we put on kind of a lot. <laughs> good. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, um, so my number five, you know, okay, but I'm just gonna say, you know, what's funny if either if Brian or if Brian ever brought up um, High School Musical <laughs> on the program, Anderson would never he would never hear the end of it. So I just that's hilarious. On on this show now, we can openly talk about anything we want we want <laughs> without Anderson yelling at us. Yes. <laughs> um, so my number five is Legion. Have you seen Legion? I don't with think so. Paul Bettany. So Paul Bettany plays Michael the Archangel, and he has fallen from heaven. Um, he's been banished from heaven, and he um, cuts his wings off, and he is sent to Earth to warn the people that God has um, forsaken all of mankind and he is basically wiping them out. And Michael has come to earth to try to stop this plague. And it is cheesy, cheesy, but so fun. It's got like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It's got Paul Bettany, Dennis Quaid, um, Tyrese Gibson, Adrian Palicki, Kevin Durand, um, Kate Walsh, and um, who's the other person in it? Uh, Charles Dutton. So 
<clears throat> it's a lot it's a lot of fun you sh- i think you would like it i really do um, all right and paul I mean, bettany's great yes he is yeah i i I don't know where it's streaming. I'll I'll, I'll check on your next uh, turn there. But okay. then, as I was researching today, um, they actually did a follow-up sci-fi um, television show that uh, I didn't even realize it came out like a few years ago. They did like one season uh, follow-up to it. So I must not be the only one who liked it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Huh. Okay. Uh, I was hoping you had seen it. I know. I'm sorry. I'll have to check it out for sure. It's a little bit horror. It's actually, there's some scary moments. Like, you just watch the trailer. There's a part with an old lady. Like, it could have been on top five scary old biddies. I think they did. <laughs> but, yeah. She All literally, right. like, there's a scene at the beginning. She literally looks up at this pregnant woman and she says, um, you and your baby are going to die. And it's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's it was it's it haunts me, but uh Okay, so I your number four immediately. <laughs> All right, do. my you number do. four is House Bunny. It's a 2008 comedy film directed by Fred Wolf. It stars Anna Ferris, Colin Hanks, Emma Stone, Rumor Willis, Catherine McPhee, Cat mm-hmm. Denny's, and Anna Ferris is a former Playboy bunny who signs up to be the house mother of a very very unpopular girls in a for, in a sorority and the girls are nerds mm-hmm. and or outcasts the girls are funny <clears throat> Anna Ferris is just adorable at a restaurant she orders the mahi mahi but she says I'll just take a mahi because I'm not that hungry I love this movie <laughs> I that 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 genuinely made me laugh um <laughs> I it's funny you're two for you're you're two for two with movies I haven't seen, and I thought I would have seen your entire list. Um, I knew I was going to surprise Bunny, you on my guilty pleasures. I knew it. I thought there would be more horror already, mm-hmm. but um, are any of the rest horror? I'm not going to say yet. Okay. All Surprise. right. All right. Um, all right. All right. All right. Um, I bet so... I know what movie you think that you picked, and I don't think you're right. So before when we get it's to not that horror. Point, it's not horror. Oh no, I didn't. No, I know. I no, I I I something twisted in my brain, and I remembered. I had a bubble of memory from an episode you did, and you were talking about this movie. I'm not going to say any more, but so and it's not horror. I'm very intrigued. Okay, all right. You I'm think ready. you think I'm thinking? You <laughs> think I'm thinking spiral? No, I'm not. That's not what I was thinking. Oh, okay. All right. We'll we'll talk about that in the end. <laughs> this is getting way meta. Um, but the house bunny is actually kind of getting a resurgence. I've actually seen it on TikTok a little bit and and some scenes. So it's made me want to reach it out and reach out and watch it. Oh, you should. Um, Did you ever see Legally Blonde? Yeah. So yes. it's like <clears throat> kind of like that, but more silly even and just mm-hmm. really fun and it's Anna Ferris in 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 her prime mm-hmm. she's wonderful and scary movie but there's just something about yes. her funny that she just really like pulls at your heartstrings and makes you laugh i comedies get such a hard rap and i and 
<laughs> they get dismissed so easily. I, you know what? I I look now and I have no comedies on my list, but <clears throat> there are several. Like the girl next door could have been on my list. Sure. Um, like there are so many comedies, like my child, my childhood, and later that could have been on my list. But Adam Sandler movies are like tons Adam of my Sandler movies. Mm-hmm. I I love Click. I mean. I love Click. So if someone wants to beat me for that, they can try. No, I love that movie. That movie's <clears throat> so okay. Good. So my number four, and this one is a little embarrassing. So let me just clear my. Apologies. This is a three-week cold that will not go away. So I have cleared my throat. So I will. Just- just give you I'm gonna give you the, the IMD IMDB description. French nuclear tests eradicate er, irradiate an iguana into a giant monster that heads off to New York City. The American military must chase the monster across the city to stop it before it reproduces. And that is Godzilla, Godzilla. from 1998. <laughs> yes. I unabashedly love this movie. Um, it probably holds a nostalgia factor too, but I mean, Hank Azaria, Jean Reno, Matthew Broderick, mm-hmm. um, and Kevin Dunn. I had a huge crush on the lead actor, the lead actress from that, Maria Patillo. I, I haven't seen her in anything, but I like that was like a young crush for me. Um, and I just love this movie. Godzilla ends up reproducing. There's eggs. There's mini Godzillas running around. I love the design of the Godzilla. I love Matthew Broderick. The whole movie was just gold for me. And people, I think, I think it really upset Godzilla fans who wanted a, who wanted a Godzilla movie in America that was really good. You know, oh, America's making a Godzilla movie. Well, they better do it right. And then, and then, in their eyes, they didn't. But to uh, to uh, us non Godzilla fans, um, I don't know. Maybe some of us enjoyed it. Have you seen it? Yes, I did. I saw it in the movies um, back in the nineties, and it is my favorite Godzilla film. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, the newer ones are kind of forgettable. They like, are. They're beautiful to look at, but they're. I find them kind of like. I can't really tell you what happened in any of them. Mm-hmm. I know they fought. I know Millie Bell- Bobby Brown was in one. Brian and, Cranston was in one. Yeah, and I love Vera Farmiga, and she was in one. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. know, I know. When Godzilla oh, came wow. out in the nineties, it was. It was an event movie. Like I remember being in a theater mm-hmm. in Chicago and every single seat was filled. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't and happen anymore. No. Unless it's a unless it's got Marvel attached to the name. But right. um uh, I remember the McDonald's merchant merchandise and the all the toys. It was you're right, it was an event movie. Um so uh let's move on to your okay, sure. number four. No, your number three. 
So this one, nobody likes it, (laughs) but I love this movie. It's Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. It's the sequel to Blair Witch, the original Blair Witch. I hate the original Blair Witch. It's just a gimmick to me and it doesn't hold up. But I love, love, love this movie. It's directed by Joel Berlinger. It's five young people who go into the woods based on that they are fans of the Blair Witch movie, the original movie, and Jeffrey Donovan, who's really the only one who, I mean, the other ones like did a lot of, if you look up their IMDb, they did a lot of TV and stuff afterwards. Jeffrey Donovan has just done a ton of everything. He's their tour guide. Yeah. And he, um, I saw some of the other ones in like Sex in the City as, yeah, as like uh, just small characters or the Sopranos, like small, very, very small characters, but really good acting. And it's three girls in and two guys who go into the woods together. Jeff Redonovan sells Blair Witch merchandise over the internet. And it's a lot of sticks and rocks that he sells. So it pokes fun at the original movie. It, I was so amazed by how much I love this movie that I watched the director's commentary and he talked about how the studio made him go back and intercut like just random like stabbing scenes to make it more gory. And it was really like kind of out of place. And they also shot scenes after it was all done of Jeffrey Donovan in a mental, mental institution that were also cut throughout the movie. And those were kind of fine, but you did notice that they were weird. And I would have liked to see the movie flow a little bit better. And I was so curious about a year ago to see if there were other fans out there of this movie that I just started searching around the internet. And there was lots of people who actually liked it. Like, I couldn't even believe it. Like, I think it's like a two on Rotten Tomatoes or a zero. It's like crazy low. And I I rewatch it every couple of years to make sure that I'm not crazy and that this movie holds up. I think it does. It's one of my all-time favorite guilty pleasures. Well, as you can see, I just added it to my watch list. All right, awesome. You're um, going to I have t- not seen it. What's that? You're going to have to tell me what you think of it. I think the ending is <laughs> fabulous. I think it, they stick the the landing on the the end, and so please let me know what you think when you watch it. Okay, so and I'm also in line with you because I'm not a fan of the first one, the original Blair Witch. I so they did the remake of the Blair Witch, and I said, well, it's about time I watched the original. So I sat down and I watched it, and I'm like, mm, I don't get the hype, but um. And then I watched the remake. It was, I don't even remember it, but um, yeah. So I'll, it was forgettable. I sk- the remake was yeah. Forgettable. Yeah. So I, um, so I skipped the sequel. So I'll go back and watch it now. That's really interesting. It's the um, best and- out of the three by far. Wow. That's my opinion. Well, and I'm looking at it on Letterboxd, and that's what I use a lot. And it has a 1.9 out of five stars. So mm-hmm. that means they're, there are 290 people that have given it a five-star review. Okay. I mean, that says something. Yeah. Almost 300 people think it's a five-star movie. So and you're not alone. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear that. I Because I hear um, that movie's kind of forgotten about. It's like the first one, and then you just skip to the remake. And 
they're they're just not that fun. Okay, well, if I like it, we'll bring it back. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll I'll shill out the money and make Anderson and Brian watch it if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> right, sounds good. Um, so my number three. Oh wait, before we go to my number three, we should do our we should do the Amazon read. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm oh, totally okay. Joking. I got super excited for you for a second. Could you imagine? <laughs> and there's nothing because <laughs> we are not sponsored by anyone. So my number three, and I don't know if you're going to hate this or love this, but I'm sure you've seen it. It is 2004's Van Helsing. I've seen you've it. You've seen it. You've seen it. So it is Hugh Jackman and... um. <clears throat> Kate Beckinsale, this this role probably got her the role of, um, I don't know her name, but in Underworld. And David Wenham from Lord of the Rings, who I loved. And not a lot of other people who are known. Robbie Coltrane is in it, rest in peace. But um, yeah, so it's Van Helsing. I think a lot of people expected more. Um, and while we're on the subject of Van Helsing, I also loved... Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I liked that as a kid too. Did you see I that? I don't know if I ever saw League League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I did see Van Helsing and really liked it. I yeah. Oh, you did. Was, yeah, I thought it was a much better, um, a much better depiction of some of the old horror movie mm-hmm. characters than say. I'm, <clears throat> This one's so so obvious, but like Tom Cruise's The Mummy, you know, for instance, you know, I, I, I just, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah. I just think it was the CGI was really good for its time. I found it really enjoyable and I found all the depictions of the monsters were really fun and interesting, like Dracula and then um, Dracula's three brides and frankenstein and and igor and the way they just included it all was a lot of fun for me and and it it is it is a guilty pleasure and if it came on the tv like we said flipping through cable i would immediately have to sit down and watch it but it's uh it's probably really bad but i really love love it and um i think it doesn't i think it gets more hate but you know it's a six yeah it's a six out of ten on imdb so that's pretty good for imdb yeah yeah so okay is this your number two already my number two okay all right all right spice world starring the spice girls directed by bob spears it's from 1997 it's an hour and a half i could have watched a 10 hour version of this movie Now, were you a Spice Girls fan before the movie came out? Yes. Okay. I love this. As soon as the Spice Girls videos started appearing, I loved them. And my girls at that time were really little, and I would always play them the videos and play them the songs. (laughs) And we just always loved the Spice Girls. And it's very... um, Oh, like these girls are just... um, very sassy. And so you have like a lot of sass in it and you have a lot of fun jokes and they're chased by the paparazzi. So you have that going on. They're also like subjects of uh, a documentary that's being filmed by Alan Cumming. And it just has 
Roger Moore is in this movie um, as kind of like a. No uh, way. Yeah. It's sort of like a like a Charlie from Charlie's Angels. It's, it's sort of, sort of. And then throughout the movie, they'll just have, you know, times when they'll just start singing or their songs will play in the background and they have their outfits and they're just cute, cute, cute. And I don't yeah. care where I am. If I hear this movie playing in my house, I'm probably going to come running to sit down and watch it. So you have a very young mind oh <laughs> like you are just you are just so young at heart like so like and i don't want to i don't want to age you but like you were well i mean you're still so young but i mean like you were like ahead of the times like you when new things come came out or come out you are so ready to accept them like like not like you know when people when new music comes out my dad is immediately like immediately like it's crap. It's bullshit. Uh-huh. I don't want to, like it's gross. But you know, I, that's I just love to hear that. Like, so when did Spice World come out? It came out, I think, in 99. 97. 99. 97. 97. So I was seven years old. Okay. And I remember it. I watched it probably when I was like eight or nine because I had a neighbor who was obsessed with the Spice Girls. And even my brother had stickers of the wall on the wall of them. And and uh, yeah, I think they were great for me as a young, you know, young male to see strong, beautiful women um, doing whatever they want and making money. And yeah, and I love Alan Cumming. And I think he that movie solidified my love for him going forward so yeah. oh good i'm glad you like that's it. very interesting um yeah i do i do like that one um i'd have to rewatch it i probably i remember i remember the tour bus i remember the paparazzi i remember alan coming and the girls and that's basically it mm-hmm. um but yeah so my number two <clears throat> is a movie that i assigned to anderson and brian and they both generally disliked it, which is fine. I get it. I probably shouldn't have signed it. I have assigned it because it's not for them. But Alien versus Predator mm-hmm. is my guilty pleasure. From 2004, it stars basically no one you know except for Lance Henriksen is kind of he is um he's um Wayland, like the Wayland Utani company, so he is Wayland. And I'm I'm a huge alien nerd. I have yeah, that's my favorite movie is Alien. So uh-huh. I but I I I actually like this movie and and I remember when I assigned it to Brian and Anderson, they <clears throat> I remember when I assigned it to Brian and Anderson, they were very negative on it and i got a lot of feedback saying oh my god brian anderson how could you hate that movie it's so much fun it's so much fun so there's a lot of people on board with me but i can see how people think it's bad i just i really enjoyed it (laughs) the sequel is trash Uh uh-huh i didn't even know there was a sequel to it i thought that was a fun movie too it came out kind of around the time same time as Freddy versus Jason, which is oh. another guilty pleasure for me. 
It, I've never seen that. Oh no. Oh, see it immediately. Yeah. It has the fight scenes are what that movie is is for. And it has okay. a really cool start to it. It gets like pretty goofy and the mm. Um, main actress is a terrible actress um but it just has something super fun about it so i recommend it and it kind of go to me it always went hand in hand with alien versus predator yeah like alien versus predator is it takes itself itself too seriously but it's it's still fun and seeing that yeah i had a lot of fun and seeing like the human kind of team up with the predator and it kind of gave you a better idea of the predator um it's funny like i'm so deep into the alien and predator lore that i know that in the predator world alien versus predator is canon and in the alien world alien versus predator is not canon oh so yeah so (laughs) anyways um i could geek out on i should do my own <laughs> podcast about alien and predator um, you should. so anyways i really should <laughs> so anyways so oh my god are we at your number one We're at my number one okay you haven't said my i guess yet so unless this is it okay you ready for me to say it Mm-hmm. death becomes mm-hmm. her nope <laughs> i was wrong what did you I'll talk about Death Becomes Her, but tell me what the movie was that you thought. Uh Bring It On. Oh, you know what? That was in my also rands. I here's how I did my list. I did a I just kept doing a list and Bring mm-hmm. It On was in it. I was up to about 20 mm-hmm. movies. And it was like it was I, I've said this before on the show, uh, on on the film vault, when I was doing uh, favorite female horror, horror characters, that it's easier to pick my children mm-hmm. than it is to pick these movies sometimes. And so, um, yeah, de- Bring It On was definitely in the list. I but- remember you saying you watch it with your girls and you love it. So mm-hmm. and it just came to me and I was I thought, but oh, oh, well, I lost. No, no, no. That was a super good guess. <laughs> I love the movie Death Becomes Her. It's a 1992 American comedy directed and produced by Robert Zemeckis. It stars Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis, Isabella Rossellini. It's funny and spooky. It starts off with Meryl Streep in this horrible Broadway show that is based on Sweet Bird of Youth and people are walking out. And then there's a great party scene at the end where there's Elvis, Jim Morrison, Marilyn Monroe. And it's really about the cost of staying young forever. And um, I like, I really like Meryl Streep in comedies. And I'm maybe one of the only people Mm -hmm, in the world who liked her in the movie She Devil with Roseanne Barr. But Death Becomes Her is my number one guilty pleasure. I I can totally see it. Um, I've only seen the first half an hour. um, And then something happened and I never went back to it. So I will. Yeah, it's I'm not a huge on horror comedy. Um, it always kind of um I don't know, I just my brain can't seem to comprehend it if it's like w- really broad comedy in horror and then okay. there's horror elements. Like 
Um, but uh, I, I think that movie is making a comeback. Uh, like a lot of people are still talking about it. And I think it's, um, it's had a resurgence, um, especially like people love Meryl Streep. So they go back and watch their movies, um, her movies, and they get to that one. They're like, wow, this is a lot of fun. And then they, and then they see the critic reviews and they're like, what? Why why do people ever hate this movie? It's unfairly bashed. It had, it had some of the most, um, um, like when CGI was first starting and that was like a yeah. big draw for it. Like they just, the, what they were saying and the CGI now is, um, doesn't look like super, super great, but it yeah. still is so much fun. Bruce Willis is great. The yeah. ending is, is super, um, hilarious. It's more comedy than horror. It's, it's a black um, yeah. comedy for sure, but it yeah, does dark have, moments. yeah, it just, just have like those just like <laughs> couple of moments where it's like really brings in the horror. And I love this movie. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't, you didn't go your whole list without ignoring. No, horror. I didn't. So Mm-mm. at least, at least you had a little bit of horror on there. Um, so yeah, I, there's a lot of heads that get come off in death becomes her mm-hmm. um, from what i remember i need to i need to finish sit down and finish it but um so my number one and a lot of like i you don't talk to a movie lover who likes this movie mm-hmm. um if they are a, like you know if they are a movie critic or a movie fan they don't like this movie but i love it it <clears throat> uh what year Sorry, just quickly, 2004, um, 15, 14, 15 year old me probably sat down to watch it. And I was like, I, it meant a lot. It it worked for me, but 2004's crash, the best picture winner that everybody hates. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. No, I don't hate that movie. Starring Don Cheadle, Sandra Bullock. Oh, I don't, I, I can't remember how to say her name, but it's Thandy Newton. Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, but it, her first name, she pronounces, pronounces it differently now. She just changed her name and I don't remember, but Tony Danza, Keith David, Loretta Devine, Matt Dillon, Jennifer Esposito, and then Brendan Fraser's in it. Um, mm-hmm. William Fickner. It's got a great cast, obviously. And, for a for a young um growing boy <laughs> uh 15 years old i probably just watched it for the first time on dvd and um and then i remember watching it watching the oscars and it won and then the backlash over the years um i didn't see brokeback mountain until a lot of years later and that's what people say should have won and mm-hmm. i love i think brokeback mountain's great but um i love crash so i was um I was very happy, but it's uh to me it's a beautiful story and um the way it it's intertwines done really is, well. Yeah, and the acting is incredible by a lot of actors who um don't get enough credit for their work. Um I, yeah, I think it's it, I thought it was my great. Favorite so. Sandra Bullock performances. Because oh, when- because it 
That yeah, sorry. It was like not her. It it like she mm-hmm. was into her character. She wasn't Sandra Bullock, the movie star, which it like she usually yeah. is, even like in Bird Box, you know? And yeah. she yeah. was just really that woman in that movie. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I know Anderson and Brian don't, <laughs> but you know, I just, it's a comfort movie in a way. Um, there's, there's some sad stuff in there, but there's also some really heartwarming, um, storylines and yeah, Sandra Bullock's character, uh, storyline. Um, all I, all I'll say is she has a fall at one point and it really broke my heart. And then there's a police car scene that broke my heart. And then there's a scene on the sidewalk that broke my heart. And, and, you know, racism is something that is, I really detest and really hate. So just this movie kind of formed me and, and helped me understand racism a little bit more at that age. Mm -hmm. And I could see critics saying like, Oh, it's overdone. They're they're tooting their own horn. Like we get it. It's but this is I I think a beautiful movie. But I know I'll be saying oh, well. wrong again. But the um Thandie Newton and Matt Dillon, mm-hmm. their original their first scenes together, and then later yeah. what happens and how you feel yeah. and you see on her face every thought that is going through her head, Ugh. and it's just. I, it, for, I almost it, forgot about that. Yeah. I think about that scene quite a bit. Just it really me too. touched me. And I can still oh. to this day picture her face and all the range of emotions that she went through. She should have she should have been Oscar nominated too, because that was Sandra Bullock's first Oscar nomination for that role. And it was really interesting because she only had like eight minutes of screen time total. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, so I'm sure there's going to be lots of people saying laughing at us, but uh, yeah, I love that movie. So <laughs> you like what let you them like. laugh. <laughs> you like what you like. Um, so yeah, so I guess that's it. Let's uh, can you do a quick rundown for us? Sure. So my your new- list. Yeah. And, and then afterwards, can I do my also rants? Yep, for sure. Okay. So number five for me was High School Musical, four was House Bunny, three was Book mm-hmm. of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, number two was Spice World, and number one was Death Becomes Her. And my um, also rands included The Hot Chick, Cat in the Hat, Bring It On, <laughs> Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, How the mm-hmm. Grinch Stole Christmas, Flashdance, mm-hmm. Bedazzled, <clears throat> All the Pitch Perfects. Clueless, The Newest Vacation, Cruel Intentions, Josie and the Pussycats, The Devil Wears Prada, Scary Movie 3, and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, my God. I can get on board with all of those. And Scary Movie 3 is my favorite scary movie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's the best one. It is the funniest one. There are lines I still quote from that movie to this day and the scene the scene with the cop getting in the cop car and her hat keeps <laughs> getting bigger still makes me laugh to this day so um no that that's a that's a great list and two movies on there 
if anybody thinks that The Grinch Who Sold Christmas and Devil Wears Prada is a bad movie, they need to get their brain checked. Those are two amazing movies. Mm-hmm. So, But I have heard some, definitely heard some hate for The Grinch. And, and Cat, for, Cat in the Hat was fun, too. Oh, God, I can go over your whole list. I'll, <laughs> I'll stop. Um, So my guilty pleasure list almost made it on the list was follow that bird but most people probably don't know that movie it's a sesame street movie um muppets from space uh the lost world jurassic park jurassic park 3 all the final destination movies uh dodgeball les mis um all the hatchet movies have you seen any of the hatchet movies any of the hatchet movies no (laughs) okay so it's so it's Victor Crowley, okay, is the main guy, and it's very gory, a little cheesy, it's pretty cheesy and silly, but if you are down for that one night, you need to watch. I think there's four of them now. They're all good, in my all opinion. Right. I will okay. check them out. Um, Country Strong, the animated movie Home, uh, The Core, Vertical Limit, Deep Blue Sea, Daylight, National Treasure 1 and 2, I'm almost done. The Village, I love that movie, don't care what anyone says. The Day After Tomorrow, The Family Stone, and Batman and Robin. I um, just watched, again, The Day After Tomorrow. I pull that one out every so often. I think Mm -hmm. like some of the scenes when they're in the library and some of the stuff that happens around the city. I'm always down for a city getting destroyed. Oh, (laughs) I'll watch any movie. I'll watch any post-apocalyptic movie. Give it yeah, to me anytime. I was so anytime. disappointed with Moonfall because I thought me it too. was going to be the moon destroying everything. And I was so excited mm-hmm. about that. And it was so lame and cheesy. So, yeah, I'll watch any city get destroyed. Is that? And, no. Um, um, Armageddon. Like, you know, it could be another yeah. one on the list. <laughs> is that is Moonfall the one with Gerard Butler? No. Greenland. Have you seen Greenland? You know, I started watching it and never went back to it. And it's, it's always, good. It is okay. Good. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I saw Moonfall at the movies because I don't know. I have this thing about the moon. Like I love a full moon. And I thought, yeah, me too. Who with the moon. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I'm like a movie with the moon and 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 cities getting destroyed. Like I'm in, and it was just it was super lame. Holly Berry was in it. <laughs> it just it was terrible. <laughs> I only remember Halle Berry. I watched it at home. And did you just say you love watching cities you live in get destroyed? No, just any cities get destroyed. <laughs> okay. I thought you said, I thought you said, oh, there's a city I live in getting destroyed. <laughs> uh, you probably get to see Arizona represented in movies more than I get to see Ontario <laughs> um, get represented in movies, but oh, anyways. maybe a little bit, but not really. I mean, I think um, Bus Stop, um, Marilyn Monroe's movie from the fifties, was filmed here. I think a lot of um, is that Empire Strikes um, Backs was filmed in the desert. What Bus about Stop- um, No Country for Old Men? Um, was that? I can't. Or that might have been Mexico. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, I don't know. There was a scene from the, I think it was the first Transformers with Mark Wahlberg that were was filmed. They shot off, 
down a highway near my house and filmed like it. And in the movie, it's like a 10 minute scene, but I definitely recognize Mm. the area. And I remember when they were filming (laughs) it, there's not a whole, whole lot that gets filmed out here in Arizona. Raising Arizona. (laughs) Um, Yeah, (laughs) well, has to be. Um, So Guillermo del Toro's, we have a psych hospital that's been closed down just a few streets over from me. And uh, so Del Toro, he filmed um, that movie, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He he filmed all the scenes that happen in a mental hospital there Uh and um, and and an overhead shot. And that is the actual city I live in. So it was really interesting. But. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. So I went to the, I went to the theater and I made sure I saw it in the theater and and gave it its money. Right. Just just to support my town. So, well, I uh, saw it in the movie. theater, too. So hopefully I supported it as well. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I guess I will let you go. I just want to thank you so much for your time. And of course, um, where can people find you? You can just go to my website, brummerlaw.com. It has any information about me. And my podcast is the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Yes, I looked both those up this week. Um, I mean, I've listened to your podcast before, but I looked them up because I wanted to make sure I had them in the brain. Um, But yeah, so check out Florence Bremer. She has been so courteous with her time, especially since she's a lawyer. And um, the time I've spent with her has probably would have cost me uh what four or five hundred dollars um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i thank you I feel very hourly much. like a prostitute <laughs> <laughs> well we didn't have to get a hotel room so um <laughs> anyways i thank you so much you can find me at the hollywood persona on facebook and instagram and i'm on twitter at Mitchie Daily and Letterboxed at Mitchie Daily. Thank you so much for listening to our new show. I will have more guests on and I cannot wait. But of course, we had to have the Florence Bremer as our first guest. So thank you all wow, for listening. Thank you. And I feel so privileged. Oh, thank you. You are amazing. All right. Bye, okay, Florence. Wonderful. Bye.